Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. We could try to explain what it's like to get your work done on a John Deere mower, compact tractor, or Gator XUV. But to really understand the feeling, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me. I'm Laura Adams, your host and personal finance author, speaker, and consumer advocate who's been producing the Money Girl podcast since 2008. Like you, I have been following the protests that are happening all over the world. I've never discussed the topic of racism and discrimination on the show, but I believe that it's immoral, no matter if we're talking about unjustified police brutality or other systemic discrimination. Those hardships show up in so many places, like getting lower quality education, less effective health care, and fewer economic opportunities. There's no denying that our financial lives are all very, very different. But they have one thing in common. We all want financial security. That unites us. And the fundamental principles for creating financial security are the same no matter the challenges you may have faced in the past or the hardships you're going through right now. My personal mission and the purpose of this podcast is to give you knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money the best way possible and create a richer life. And when I say you, that means everyone, no matter the color of your skin, your gender identity, your education level, your age, religion, your politics. There's so much that can divide us. But my job is to make this show a place where everyone feels included and welcome. All that to say, I appreciate you being here. And we're going to kick off today's show with a recent question I received from Alex F., who says, Hello, Laura. I love your podcast tips and many helpful episodes over the years. I would love to learn more about documenting my payroll for the Paycheck Protection Program. Thank you, Alex. I appreciate your kind words and sending in the question. I'm glad to know that you're a longtime podcast listener and also that you were able to take advantage of the PPP or the Paycheck Protection Program. That economic stimulus was created for small businesses. And the best part about getting a PPP loan is that you can have some or all of it forgiven. In other words, if you follow some rules, you can turn a PPP loan into a grant that is free money. It does not have to be repaid. So this podcast is going to explain how to get a PPP loan, eight things to know about getting that money forgiven so you don't have to repay it, tips for documenting your expenses, and how to apply for loan forgiveness. The bottom line is that keeping as much of your PPP funds as possible saves money and it keeps your business operating despite the coronavirus challenges. 
So let's talk about what is this program that I'm talking about. You've probably heard a lot about PPP. It's part of the $2 trillion CARES Act. It began in early April 2020 to provide financial relief to small businesses hurt by the pandemic. Participating lenders coordinate with the Small Business Administration, or SBA, to offer these forgivable loans to business owners who want to continue paying their employees, and that includes themselves, during the COVID-19 crisis. The first round of PPP stimulus paid out $349 billion, and it paid that out in less than two weeks. So then at the end of April, Congress approved another round. They approved $310 billion for the program. Now, there are still funds in this program to date. As I'm recording this show, there are still funds there, and you can apply for them through the end of June. So if you're somebody who has any self-employment income that has been hurt, has been reduced due to the coronavirus, you can apply through June 30th, 2020. So how do you get this loan? Well, as I mentioned, these funds are generally available for small businesses, and that means you've got to have fewer than 500 employees, and it includes those who are self-employed with no employees, any that experience a financial hardship due to COVID. You can be a sole proprietor, you can work for yourself part-time or full-time, and I will say that there are businesses in specific industries like food service, hotels, and bars that will qualify for this even if they have more than 500 employees. So it just really depends on the industry that you're in. Eligible self-employed individuals and businesses must have been in operation by February 15, 2020. So if you started a business after February 15 of this year, you are not going to be eligible. But if you were open at all, if you started, let's say, at the beginning of the year on January 1st, or you started anytime in 2019 or before, you're eligible. Other factors determine eligibility, but these are the primary requirements. So you apply for PPP through existing SBA lenders or institutions that enroll in this program and get approved by the SBA to participate in the program. So you can go to sba.gov to learn more. There are just a ton of banks, credit unions, and online lenders that are participating and, as I mentioned, still have money to lend. You don't have to put up any collateral. You don't have to make any personal guarantees. You don't even have to pay any, any fees to qualify for a PPP loan. It's probably one of the easiest loans uh, that you're ever going to get. And if you have a business bank account, what I would recommend is that you check to see if that institution with that bank is funding the PPP. But if not, don't worry, because there are plenty of institutions to work with. You can't take more than one PPP loan, but you can apply with multiple lenders. So that's what I would recommend if you've, let's say you've applied, but you got turned down, or you just haven't heard back yet, they're being very slow to respond, keep applying. Apply to different lenders, because they're all going to be a little different 
and how quickly they process your application. And they're all going to be a little different in how they evaluate you. Some will be more lenient and require less paperwork than others. In general, I recommend working with tech-savvy online lenders because they're mobile-friendly and they have streamlined applications that are really easy to complete. So a couple that you might want to check out are Cabbage and Fundera. These are small business lenders that are offering PPP loans. So what can you get from a PPP loan? They can equal 2.5 times your average monthly payroll from 2019 up to a cap of $10 million. But payroll costs per employee, and that includes yourself, are capped out at $100,000 on an annualized basis. So if you're self-employed and you have no employees or maybe you're in a partnership, you or your share of the net business profit for 2019 is used as your payroll. So if your business net earnings exceed $100,000, that $100,000 is going to be the cap for an annualized equivalent salary. And that net profit can be for 2019 or even for just the beginning of 2020 if you started your business at the beginning of the year. And since income taxes for 2019 are not due until July 15, 2020, many entrepreneurs have not completed their taxes for last year yet. Nonetheless, as part of the application, you must submit Form 1040 Schedule C with a PPP application, even if it's just your best estimate on your business profit or loss for last year. So let's say you're a solopreneur who offers graphic design and web services. If your business's net profit last year was 120,000, then your PPP loan would be based on $100,000. That's the threshold. You divide that amount by 12 for a monthly payroll of $8,333 and then multiply by 2.5, which would allow you to receive a maximum PPP loan of $20,833. Now, I know that may seem a little bit complicated, and any application that you complete is going to totally walk you through this. So, you know, don't be afraid that you've got to come up with this calculation on your own. It'll be pretty obvious. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, 
I'm okay. When the truth is... I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say... Hang it in there. Because... If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom. And supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. If you're considering applying for a PPP loan, or let's say you already received one, it's really critical to make sure that you qualify for as much forgiveness as possible. Just because you got approved for the program doesn't mean you automatically get to keep all the funds. At the beginning of June, the Paycheck Protection Program Flexibility Act of 2020 was passed, so yet another regulation, and it's expected to be signed by the president, and I think as of this recording, he just signed it. So it is like officially law as of like yesterday or today, and it modifies the previous rules for PPP forgiveness, making them more favorable for small businesses. I'm going to cover what you need to know about the new legislation and eight key points related to PPP forgiveness. All right, so here we go. We're going to go through eight key points you need to know to get that PPP loan forgiven, turn it from a loan into a grant. Number one, your forgiven amount depends on your payroll payments. Businesses have 24 weeks to spend PPP funds on qualified expenses such as payroll. Now, this was increased from eight weeks and, and it's going to give companies more time to reopen and rehire staff. And also, the new rule says you have to use at least 60% of a loan on your payroll costs. That's down from 75% previously. You got to use 60% of it on payroll. And that does not include any payments that you might make to independent contractors. This is simply payroll either to W-2 employees on your staff or to compensation you pay yourself as a business owner. You can include salaries, commissions, and benefits for your employees, such as insurance, sick leave, and retirement matching. Again, up to $100,000 per employee on an annualized basis. But if you are self-employed with no employees, you cannot include any benefit costs in your own payroll when it comes to PPP forgiveness. You can only include wages or net earnings from your business. And your forgiveness was limited to eight weeks of pay up to $15,385 per individual. So again, even if you earn more than $100,000, the forgiveness calculation basically just takes $100,000 
divides it by 52 weeks in a year and multiplies by eight weeks of compensation. So again, 15385 is the maximum payroll that you can have forgiven uh, as a self-employed person with no employees. Now, it's not clear if that amount has changed due to the PPP Flexibility Act. If the self-employed people also get 24 weeks of payroll, the calculation means that it would be a much higher amount, which is more than double the allowable loan for the self-employed individual. So I'm going to guess that the eight-week cap will not be lifted, but I'll keep you posted if that changes. All right, so that's the first thing. Your payroll amount determines how much can be forgiven. Number two, your forgiven amount depends on your non-payroll expenses. Some non-payroll expenses also qualify for forgiveness, and these include business rent, utilities, and interest on debts that you pay after getting the loan. But these expenses must have been an obligation of yours before February 15, 2020. So if you just got a brand new business debt in March or April, that's that interest is not going to qualify. These non-payroll expenses cannot exceed 40%, and that's up from 25% previously of your PPP forgiveness amount. All right, number three, your payroll costs cannot decrease significantly. So to qualify for PPP loan forgiveness, you've got to maintain reasonable salaries and wages for your employees. That's the whole point of the program. If you decrease them by more than 25% for any employee, and that includes yourself, who made less than $100,000 in 2019, your forgiveness amount will be reduced. However, you can increase salaries or pay bonuses if you like. Just remember that the total compensation can't exceed $100,000 on an annualized basis per employee. All right, number four, you must make a good faith effort to keep employees. PPP loan forgiveness also depends on keeping your full-time folks. Again, this is the purpose of the program, to keep people employed, to keep them paid, including yourself. But if you had employees who left your company voluntarily or who requested a cut in hours, or maybe they were fired for cause during the pandemic, your loan forgiveness will not be reduced for those situations. And another change is that now you have until December 31st, 2020, to rehire or to restore your staff for any employment changes that occurred between February 15 and April 26, 2020. All right, number five, you don't owe taxes on forgiven amounts. Any amount of your PPP loan that is forgiven will not qualify as federal taxable income. Some states that charge income tax have indicated that they will not tax forgiven amounts either. However, not all states have issued their rules on this, so be sure to get guidance if you live in a state with income tax. Number six, you can't claim forgiven expenses as a tax deduction. So if you do qualify for PPP forgiveness on payroll or non-payroll expenses, you can't also claim them as deductions on your taxes. That would be double dipping. Even if those expenses would ordinarily be tax deductible, getting them forgiven as a result of the PPP loan becomes your deduction. That is your tax benefit. Again, the IRS is not going to let you double dip a tax benefit, so don't try to also claim them on your taxes for 2020. Number seven, 
you must formally request loan forgiveness. So you have to complete a PPP loan forgiveness application. I'll have a link to that application in the notes for the show. That's in the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. You have to fill that out and get approved by your lender to qualify for either partial or full forgiveness. The paperwork should come from your lender or you can download it from the SBA website as well. The forgiveness application explains what documents you've got to include and they vary depending on whether you have employees or not. You also have to verify the number of full-time employees and their pay rates. You have to verify your eligible non-payroll business expenses, such as lease and utility payments that I mentioned. Once you submit your paperwork, your lender has 60 days to decide how much of your PPP loan, if any amount, can be forgiven. And number eight, you must repay unforgiven amounts. If some or all of your loan is not forgiven, it must be repaid within five years. Now, that's up from two years previously. Got to repay it within five years at a 1% fixed interest rate. That's incredibly low, obviously. You don't have to start making payments for 10 months after loan disbursement, and that's up from six months previously. So you've got 10 months, but interest will accrue during this deferral period. All right, I know that's a lot to absorb, and maybe you'll want to go back and listen to this podcast again or read the post over in the Money Girl section at at quickanddirtytips.com just to absorb everything. But now that you understand the main requirements and the limitations for getting a PPP loan forgiven, I want to go back to Alex's question about properly documenting payroll. Some lenders have requested that PPP loans get deposited into a separate business bank account. But that's not required. If you have employees, you need documents that verify the number of employees, their salaries, their wages, and you can generate a payroll report from your bookkeeping program, and you can provide IRS Form 941. That's the employer's quarterly federal tax return that employers are used to submitting and also any state tax reporting forms to prove what you paid. Your bank account statements will also show cash compensation paid to your employees or paid to yourself over the qualifying period. And if you are self-employed with no employees, you simply need to document compensation paid to yourself over the qualifying period. You might generate a report or provide your bank account statements for verification. Likewise, you should maintain documentation for any non-payroll qualifying business expenses that you established before February 15, 2020. As I mentioned, these might include rent and utilities like power, water, gas, transportation, phone, and internet used for your business. If you use a bookkeeping program, simply create a new category for eligible expenses so that you can run a report on the total amount of those expenses that qualify you for the PPP forgiveness. There are not any official rules about keeping records for forgiveness, but I will say the more detail you have, the better. Alex, thanks again for the question. If you have a money question or an idea for a future show topic, I would love to hear it. And you can also call in your question or comment. We've got a voicemail line that you can call 24-7. It's 302-364-0308. Or you can always email me by visiting my contact page at lauradadams.com.
That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week. Until then, here's to living a richer life. Money Girl is produced by the audio wizard Steve Rickyberg with editorial support from Karen Hertzberg. If you've been enjoying the podcast, take a second to rate and review it. Your ratings and reviews mean so much to us. We read all of them. You might also like the backlist episodes and show notes that are always available at quickanddirtytips.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.